0: It was just a highlight for me last year, right before, before coming in here looking into a crowd like this. It's an honor to be here. See, I was able to bring my wife with me. So Hashem, she's here with me in the back. We had a wedding tonight, we came running over here. And to the rabbi, wow, if I had you every week, I'd be religious, it's unbelievable. <laughs> You're yeah, unbelievable, really unbelievable. Hashem should bless you for many, many more years, you should inspire so many people a healthy family and everything should be wonderful and Hashem should, should give you this clue to see with your eyes and health and happiness May name of Shehach, a may come soon in our days of Yerubim so I want to ask two questions and then I want to tell you a story the Rabbi ended when I got up here in a very meaningful way When you work in the corporate world, you know that one of the most important things that a company needs is a mission statement. Companies spend 10, 20, 30, 40, sometimes they spend $100,000, believe it or not. They bring in experts, and the experts sit in the room, and they try to figure out what the company is about. And if they can figure out a good slogan, a good tagline for what the company stands for, then that company now has a mission statement. And it helps with everything. Those who are involved in companies, it's called brand equity. When you know this company stands for this, Delta flying higher, Nike just do it. When everyone has that line, that line explains and represents the entire company. If the Jewish people would have one statement that would be the mission statement of the Jewish people, what would that be? What would it be? What would it be if we had one line? What would that be? We just had it a second ago. What is the line we teach our kids when they're little? What is the one when someone, got forbid is about to die? When he's the last thing on his lips. Isn't that Shema Yisrael? We say it again and again and again. In fact, at the end of Kippur, after you go through an entire day of cleaning and cleaning and cleaning again in front of Hashem, at the end of Kippur, and the Chazan says Shema Yisrael, everyone says Shema Yisrael. Six words. Shema Yisrael, Hashem, al Hashem. Shmai Yisrael, listen, listen, us. Hashem El-Kinu, I get Hashem is our God. Hashem Echad. Why do we need Hashem Echad? We refer to Hashem as one. We call Him Hashem. Don't we know that He's one? If you didn't have Hashem Echad, Shmai Yisrael, Hashem el would you know everything already in the sentence? There's six words, and two of them we don't need. Who was on the committee? I understand something. If God has six words of mission statement, if He would drop out the last two, would it matter? Wouldn't we know there's only one God? Why do we say Hashem Echad? Of course He's Echad. We refer to Him as Hashem. So we go into Kippur. So about six months ago, I had the opportunity to go to Spain. I went with the great organization called Polamia. It took, over, it took over, the Jews took over Spain for like a week. Since 1492, forget about it. And any the 500 years to, to recover from when we're done with that. 600 Jews flew into Spain, Toledo. they rented at a hotel. People from all over the world flew it. And on the first side of Spain, we had an event in a big huge auditorium. They brought an LED screen. they threw out singers, So when everybody came for that first moment, they sat in these chairs, the lights were out, they couldn't believe it. It was like a laser light jump. And I had the school to be the MC of the event. And I had like 10 minutes And we worked on what I was gonna say. We had a committee that was the entire purpose of the committee was to figure out what am I gonna say to those 10 minutes? I gotta say this, and I can say that. If I say too much, too little, I gotta set them up. It's the first time they're coming in, how to do it. We had a meeting, and then a second meeting, and I gave them what I thought, and they responded to it. Then I got to Spain, we had a pre-meeting, we had a dress rehearsal. I got off, the singer came on, the singer came off. For me to get 10 minutes in front of everybody on the first day of the Spain trip, took forever. You know why? Because what's the rule? You never get a second chance to make a first impression. This was the first moment everyone was walking in. Everyone's paying attention now. You got to know what you're saying, and it's got to be something that's going to be able to get up and be inspired, and they're going to hold on to. This is it. If you open up with something and it's like, forget about it, then the whole thing is ruined. If there's ever a time in the entire year where the entire Jewish people are paying attention, it's when in two nights, we're going to have 15 minutes where no matter where you are, this religion, this denomination, that denomination, you're orthodox, conservative, you're into it, you're not into it, you're inspired, you you look at the entire Jewish world, everybody, if you're anywhere connected to Judaism, in any which way, you can have nothing to do with the Judaism your whole year, everybody is going to be in shul for Kol Lijai. Everybody. The offices on Times Square, they're going to be closed. The companies that we work with, the Jews, they're not there. One time a year, God's got ten minutes. Ten minutes. By the next morning, you have people are already out. Everyone's going back. But you know what we got? Ten minutes. They come into the Kippur. The Chazan gets up. There's a hush in the crowd. If you were running the program, what would you put in that program? You're on the committee. For what line should the chazan say when everybody's sitting in the room? How about the rabbi just said? Wouldn't that be amazing if every single shul got up and asked the rap, everyone's paying attention ten at minutes, and the, the chazan gets up and says, everybody, clear, like, Come up, we love each other. Shema Yisrael. Wouldn't that be what you would say? We put Shema on the back end of people. Wouldn't it be that you walk in the first day, the first minute, everyone's sitting there, and you hear... Shema Yisrael, and every, every Jew goes, She on Shem. No. What are the rabbis put in that first minute? Anybody? Call Nidri. Anyone know what's going on? I got that, I'm like all pumped up. I hear call like like, let's rock and roll. Nidri, I'm like, I, I don't know, I'm ready to lost. Call Nidri Kunase. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. By the time you get to call Nidya, everyone's like, I don't know what that was. I hope I did okay, and whatever it was, I hope that. Why do we do that? Why in the world do we have cold ninja? Wouldn't you think it should be more inspiring than that? We're going to vows? That's what the rabbis are choosing. Who's on the committee? We're going to vows? On the night that everyone's here ready to be inspired? The rabbis go going to vows? What's going on? So I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story about my coolest friend. I have a friend, and he's my Everyone has friends. I want to tell you story about of my coolest friend that I have. There's a guy I'm friends with. He grew up in the Midwest. And he decided that he didn't want to just go to a regular college. He wanted to challenge himself. So when it was his turn to go to college, he was going to go to a college that nobody went to. So he literally got on a plane and flew to China. Most people have problem with colleges in America that are in English. He had went to college he didn't speak Chinese, and he got there, and from the minute he touched down, he was killing it. He picked up the language quickly, he got involved in martial arts, and was awesome at that, and he became great. He was so popular that at that time, the President United States man named Bill Clinton, when Bill Clinton, listen to this, when Bill Clinton flew to China to talk about U.S.-Chinese relations, this guy wasn't a shot out. Bill Clinton's entire speech was all about this guy. Can you imagine? A Jewish boy from the Midwest. The entire China is sitting listening to the president speak about this guy. He killed him. He graduated, he went to law school there. He graduated law school, he came to America, he went to Harvard. After a year, he went to Yale. After he was born, never, he came to Columbia. I went to Columbia. We're sitting in the room together. It's a, a Friday and Friday morning in the computer lab. Because back in those days, computers were like attached to things in desks. So anyone aged 35, you know what I'm talking about. He looks at me and he says to me, he says, I'm, 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 I'm a Jew. I've, I've got a coupon on my head. And he wanted to let me know that he was Jewish too. So you have to like sneak it in. Sometimes someone wants to let you know that they're also Jewish. But you can't just say, hey, I'm Jewish. It's weird. So like you sneak it in the bathroom, you know what I'm talking about? So he looks at me and goes, hey! I'm like, hey, he's like, See you here that it's it's Friday and you're you know you're here. I'm like, yeah, I'm here. I don't know where you are. And he says to me, Well, because I know that there's sundown on Friday. I'm like, I think there's sundown every day. <laughs> and he's like, no, because of Shabbat, I'm like, Oh Shabbat, you're Shabbat Jewish. Oh yeah, of course, absolutely. yeah. Shabbat And he wasn't waiting for this. I said, yeah, Shabbat. I'm like, Yeah, Shabbat's like one pump for Shabbat. He's like, nah, I don't want to talk Shabbat. I was just saying, but there is a Shabbat. I'm like, I don't want to talk He's like, nah, I can't. I'm like, I'm busy this week. I'm like, how about next week? I'm, like, I'm busy next week. I'm like, how about Tuesday? He's like, okay, fine, come. <laughs> so he comes from Shabbat. It's the best. You know when someone comes over your house with Shabbat and you never had Shabbat before? And make all the wrong, all the rookie mistakes that I'm talking about? My wife, God bless her, she comes out. He comes into the house. And he sits down and my wife starts rocking and rolling. She brings out the challah. Soft, bread right out of the oven. looks at me, looks at me, goes, can I take more than one piece? I'm like, don't be a rookie. He takes four pieces, you know what I'm talking about? Four pieces, four pieces of challah, my wife comes out with the appetizers, the appetizers, the salads, the meat, the whole thing. And the food keeps on coming and coming, his eyes are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> Finally it's all over, so he looks and goes, that was the best meal of my life. I said to my wife, well, time for dessert." He goes, there's dessert. <laughs> there has to be dessert, it should He goes, the over. he literally leaps into his room. I come visit him, he goes he goes, Charlie, you guys have Thanksgiving every single week. <laughs> he says, wait for tomorrow. He goes, there's a tomorrow. <laughs> so as soon as this happens, by the way, you only answer that. He just he came the next week and then the next week and then I mean, this Thanksgiving. My my kids loved him. He became close to his family and everything was amazing. Now this guy, by the way, is the coolest guy. Not only is he brilliant in every single IB school, the guy, think about how crazy, this guy's got a gun in New York, he drives a motorcycle, you know what I'm talking about? He's like James Bond with a brain, that's who he is. He was a huge, huge Zionist. He loved the state of Israel. And he would give, his parents had a lot, a lot, a lot of money, and he would give a lot of money to an organization called FIDF. An organization that supports Israeli soldiers. They went to a dinner once, he's sitting at a table with a bunch of soldiers. And the soldiers of start talking to him. They go, Tell me about your life. They go, yeah. he goes, Where are you from? He goes, I'm from here, but I'm from China. And they go, China. What are you doing in China? He goes, Well, I a couple of years. I've a bunch martial arts, and I came back. And they're like, What? Well, and he starts talking, yeah, I got a gun. I'm really like Columbia. I yell this, that. They're like, Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. China. Now at this point, he's already working in a big law firm in the city. He goes back to his listening, and he goes, shows with two people at a dinner. Two weeks later, the phone rings. He doesn't recognize the number. Picks it up. And they go, Hi, this is so-and-so from the NYDF. Huh? He goes, Hi? He goes, There was a mix in the program. That dinner that you, that you came to, we were supposed to honor you with something. You give a lot of money. It was on the program to call you up and give you an award. Somebody messed up the program. And we want to give you an award. He goes, Okay, just ship it to me. He goes, No, no, That's not nice. You're involved. I'm shipping to you. goes, so, so what do you want? He goes. We want you to Israel. We'll give me Israel. I can't ah, go to Israel for an award. Come on. They go, listen. there's an L.L. Is a ticket at the L.L. Desk for you? When you're willing to come, we'll give you the award. Free trip to Israel. Mean, we are Jewish. What's <laughs> that? He goes to the L.L. Desk terminal for J.F.K. gives gives him the name. the Lady looks up, sees the name, puts the thing, hands it back. First class. Not bad. Flies over to Israel. Remember that. Those of you who are a little older, remember. Now, when you fly to Israel, you land, you land, you walk into a terminal. I think ten years ago, for those who remember this, remember this. Remember? when you would land in Israel? Those who are old enough to remember, when you plane landed, you didn't land in a terminal. You landed, and they, the plane pulled up to the ground. Remember that? You would go down the stairs, and then you get you would literally be on the ground in the tarmac. You felt like you were flying Air Force One, and then there was a, a, a bus picked you up. So he lands. He goes down the steps. And as he goes down the steps, he walks up to the bus, and as he walks up to the bus, the student comes up He taps him on the shoulder, goes, yeah, he goes, are you still on the bus? He goes, yeah. He goes, you don't go on the bus. You go there. He looks over, over there, it's a black car. He's like, oh, okay. That'll get someone upset, are they gonna kill me? What just happened? So he walks into the car, the driver turns around and he goes, hi, how are you guys? They want word. He closes the door, the driver starts to speed out. And he's like, oh my god, is this Al-Qaeda? Did I say something wrong? Is this the right? Is this really supposed to be, did I do something? Did I say something? And he's like, come on, and He's like, ah. And the car stops driving. He's driving on some highway. He doesn't even know. The car's going 100 miles an hour. And he's like, tell he, and he asks himself, like, he me. And as he's speaking and stuff like he's like, but it's not the long. alarm. He's like, what, what is he, are, are they going to kill me? I don't know. What and as he's driving, it he could have been any weirder. As he's driving down the highway, the car goes on the highway and then turns off road. And now his car's like literally bumping like a forest. Like, boop, boop, boop. And he's like, oh my god, it's over, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. And the car's driving through, literally just through trees. And then finally, after a little bit of a road, the car just stops. Like, the, the driver goes, in the most gracious way possible, get out. And he's like, sure, probably, I'll go get out. I'm sorry. Don't worry, I'm a He gets up, he walks out, and he doesn't really smell the forest. Like, and he sees in the distance, four guys, sitting around what looks like a shawarma jolt. And he gets close to it, four Israeli guys, like, really, like, acting Israeli, you know, like, they're sitting around, like, dipping olives in hummus, you know what I'm talking about? Drinking Turkish coffee with the mud. <laughs> talking a million miles an hour, right? Yoni! <laughs> And he, is, he sits down and they're looking at him and, he sits down and he's like, Yes. Four guys look up and they go, Who are you doing in China? Said, like "Well, like, yeah, China, different to to China, wasn't China? Like, uh, uh would your father? How your father gave money? By the way, I have heard your father gave money to gold Really? When did you come to this? World? When did you come to So Where did you grow up? What school did you go? Did you go to the little Hebrew growing up? And in China, went out to China, I'm like to Harvard, Harvard, yeah, you know that church. Once you found like this, and they grew, everyone everywhere he turns, really, 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 and he just answers. about it. No hello. No how are you? He's just answering questions, answering questions, answering questions. And after ten minutes of being on trial, they finally stop. They probably cancel almost. And he's like, can I help you? And he said, listen, we're part of the Israeli intelligence. And we are trying to get greater penetration into China. We got the word from a dinner in New York. There's a guy who grew up in America, who's got blonde hair, blue eyes, speaks perfect English and perfect Chinese, and is a Zionist. We've never seen someone like this. Would you consider joining the Israeli army and being in the intelligence? He calls me later and goes, what do you think? I'm like, what do I think? This is like how spy novels are. What are you kidding me? Then you go to lawyer down? Nah, I think so. So he goes into his boss, worked in a big, huge firm in the city made a lot of money. He woke up with me the next day, he walked into his boss, he said, I'm taking a year off. They go, there's no years off. He goes, I quit. He leaves, says goodbye to his parents, gives me a hug and a kiss, and off he goes. I don't hear from him for five years. Not a word, not a hello, I call, nothing, I email, nothing. Five years later. Phone call comes in, sitting at my desk. Hello? I'm like, hello? It's so and so. I'm like, for real? Like, am I gonna die now that I spoke to She's so like, no. He goes, I got a vacation. I just finished whatever training. I have two weeks off, and I'm coming back to see my parents. And right away, I remember his parents live in the Midwest. And I said, wait, wait, wait. He's like, Your parents live in the Midwest. You're gonna to have to get up to JFK. Fly to JFK. I'll pick you up at night. Spend the night in my house. And then book a ticket to go to the Midwest the next morning. Goes fine. That's what he does. Fly some JFK. I pick him up. We go out for some food on Central Avenue in the five towns. I look at him and I go, I want to hear everything. This is what he tells me. I got to Israel, and I gotta tell you something. Apparently, being in the Israeli army is not what I thought. I thought it was like if you could run on the treadmill for like 10 minutes, and you watch a bunch of armor movie, movies, like, you're good. Not like that at all. It's hard work. God bless the Israeli soldiers. They work hard for us. In the line for the Jewish people, and by the way, when they join the army, it's not easy, because when I got there, I, was, I didn't even know what was getting myself into. It. By the way, he wasn't a young guy. He was already graduated law school, three law schools, and he had a job. And they are him with the younger kids, and they're running, and he's killing catch-up, and they're doing push-ups, and they're climbing, and he can't catch up, and he's working, and he's working, and it's not working out for him, and every time he's about to quit, they keep on going. Apparently, the intelligence unit that he's supposed to go into You can't just, you can't just show up there, you have to go through certain levels of training. Officer training and basic training, just to get to a level where they can actually take him out. And he goes through training one and he's about to quit, they keep on pushing him through and he's going through a year. And he goes through training two. And he goes through training, and he keeps on year after year, he always asks himself, should I do it, should I not do it? And every time he's about to quit, they just push him through and they keep on encouraging him. And he finally gets to one more course. And now he tells me that I've got one more course in which I have to pass. And if I can pass this type of officer course, then this then I reach a certain level, whatever that means, and when I reach this level, now the group that wanted me in the intelligence community can now take me and I can start working for them. My last course, can you imagine five years? What's the course? You have to figure out how to go somewhere. Whenever the army... Has to go to a place. They teach them how to read coordinates on a map. If God would they'll go capture somebody, they gotta teach him where the people are. It's not like you can put the address in ways. It's not like, oh yeah, Paris is a like, you know 27 Ahmed Street. It doesn't work that way. Or you can go from Syria, where there's traffic, go from Lebanon, and the strongest and You can teach you coordinates on the map, and then you gotta go get the coordinates on the map. Okay, he's a smart guy. If we give him the map, he teaches you how to do it. He's in the Negev, and he's training and training and training, and then finally it's his course, it's his turn. And all he's got to do basically is look at the map, go to the location, and if he can get to the location within a certain amount of time, he passes the test. And he's in this unique, small officer course. It wasn't a regular course at all. Okay. So, his final comes, the day of the final. He wakes up in the morning. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. They're ready to go. He wakes up, puts on his uniform and walks into the tent. They tell him, here's the deal. These are the coordinates. He walks into the room, looks at the map, and that's exactly where it says, I got this. Guys really I got to go here. I he got five minutes. He looks I got five minutes. I got to go. to his team. gets his four guys. gets his Jeep. He goes, I got to go here, here, here. I got it. I got it. I got it. Ready? Everyone good? Everyone ready? Let's go. All the guys get in the Jeep, and off they go. Five minutes in, things are great. Four minutes in, things are great. Three minutes in, things are great. Looking out you, into, into, into the future, into the future. And he actually sees all the way in the distance the area that he has to get to and he's like, I got this. And he's getting closer and closer. Three minutes, two minutes, a minute, a minute and a minute ahead. In alternate years, pop. Right. What was that? They go, I don't know, oh, sir. And the car starts going out of control. Because what just happened? He goes, Sir, I think we should do something. I think we blew a tire. Clearly, we tire. He goes, I think we blow out the tire. He goes, Aren't you watching where we drive? We train on the desert to drive. You didn't see where you were going. He goes, Sir, I'm sorry. He goes, Did you check the tires? So we put one of those. We checked the tires. He goes, How do we buy a tire? you train for this. We're commandos. How can you buy a tire? Don't you know how to drive? He goes, Sir, I'm sorry. He goes, you're supposed to watch where you're going. I got a minute left, I'm gonna fill my test. He goes, so what do I do? He goes, pull it aside. He goes, what do you do? He goes, stay here. He goes, but you can leave everybody here. He goes, stay here. He goes, leave it. He goes, you guys are all incompetent anyways. I'm gonna miss my test because you can't drive. He goes, forget you people. And he goes, running himself. He's 45 seconds to go, but he's got so far to go because he's not even in the car anymore. And it's 30 seconds, and it's 15 seconds, and now is the time, he's got to be there. And it's 10 seconds late, it's 30 seconds late. He's now a minute late, he comes running up to the door a minute late, and he goes in there, and he has to like open, a, open the door, and he goes to the door and it's locked. And there's a sign on the door that says, you failed. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. i five years, this guy can't try holy cow he was so he said he was like someone punched him in the gut. he starts walking back to the car from the desert by the time he starts walking back to fix the fixed tire ready they go to pick him up and like sir they go oh, like, sir, sir, like, they put him in the car everyone's quiet he goes back to his barracks he goes into his room and he sits on his bed he's like I can't believe that just happened what kind of luck is that he knew where he was going. The guy, he's sitting there. His commanding officer walks in, and as he walks in, the commanding he goes, "What are you getting yourself so about? We're watching you. Relax. Like everyone, this is called training for a reason. Tires blow out. Are you losing it already? Relax. We watched you. We saw it happen. We saw you were close. The tire blew out. It's not your fault stand up, you're a soldier. Tomorrow morning, you get the chance. He goes, really? Yeah. It was okay. The next morning comes, 5 o'clock, he goes back into the tent. Looks at the coordinates, he goes, wait, these are much harder. And they go, what do you think, it's going to get easier? No, 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 this is the Israeli army over here. It's going to get harder. And he goes, Matthew, I want to see the building. And then he realizes what it is. It had, the building was behind this green mountain, sand, dune thing. He looks at his team and he goes, Okay, what are we gotta do? We gotta drive the Jeep, we gotta park here, and then we gotta literally scale this little mountain and walk across the mountain single file. And then right behind the mountain is this little area, that's where it is. It's in this gas station right here. Everybody good? Yes, we're all safety. Yes, He goes, check the tires like we check the tires like, we check tires like we check the tires. We're ready to roll, get yeah, everybody get on it, okay. Gets his team, they get in the Jeep, off they go. They have five minutes. And the guy's driving super carefully, he's looking at him every second, he's driving, he's watching where he's going, and the car, the, the, the Jeep goes through the desert, it zips through all the areas, three minutes in, it pulls in exactly what's going on, two minutes, they're ready to roll, they pull up right next to that mountain, and they got to jump on this mountain, and I, I didn't explain it, man, I didn't understand it, he basically, basically basically climb around the mountain, single file, right around the mountain, that's where the building is, he's got to go. He starts climbing around the mountain, and they all like gear, and the guys are going single file. He's in the front single file, one, two, three, four. And as they go around the mountain, just when they're about to finish, he hears. Ow, ow! He goes, What was that? I go, not oh, no. He asked the guy, yes, the guy, yes, the guy. He goes, We got the fourth guy. He goes, What happened? He goes, I don't know. Turns, what happened? And the fourth guy goes, I think I broke my ankle. What do you broke your ankle? As I thought it was coming up the mountain, as I stepped down on the the ledge today, I cracked my ankle. He goes, What do you crack your ankle? You're a commander. We train on these old day. He goes, what do we do, sir? And then go the the he goes, what do we do, sir? He goes, leave him. He goes, so we can't leave him. He goes, I can't miss my test twice. Yesterday you guys can't drive. Now the guy can't climb. What are you kidding me? I mean, I couldn't give him another chance. They go, what do we do, sir? He goes, I don't know. He goes, leave him. He goes, so we can't leave him. He goes, leave him. And now it's already 30 seconds left. He's waiting a you. minute on these guys. He and one other guy, keep on running, one guy doesn't know what to do, and they climb down the mountain, they start running to this gas station, and as they're running and running and running, by that time he's 15 seconds later, 20 seconds later, 30 seconds later, he was running to the gas station, he finds the space supposed to find, and on the wall is a sign, he failed. Now last night, the first time, he was upset. He was he was now he was livid. He said, "I was breathing fire." Because I looked up to God and go, "Really, God? Really?" I give up my job to come serve your people, and this is what I got: the tire blows out, and the guy who has been climbing mountains for six months he turns turns an ankle, and as he's yelling at God, he goes, "You know what? It's not your fault. I know who it is. It's the Israelis." There's a guy somewhere up on the chain somewhere. I know how this thing works. There's some guy sitting at some headquarters looking down at some blonde American kid going, no, 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 no. No No Americans can be part of my team. Some guy has it in for me. He said, it just happens to be the tire blows out. It happens to be the guy's ankle starts going. Just happens to be... Someone's after me. I'm going to find who this is and I'm going to rip him. And he gets in that car and they drive him back and there's breathing fire. He walks into his barracks. He's ripping the place to shred. And as his commander, mother walks in, he walks in and goes, who's the guy? He goes, what are you calling me?" He goes, the guy. He goes, which guy? He goes, the guy who's setting me up. He goes, there's no guy. He goes, stop it. There's a guy somewhere. He's going to hide behind you people. You bring him into my barracks right now. Mine will be Don't you fail me and pretend that it's a tire or an ankle, you find the guy who's trying to family and bring him here. And the man those goes, calm down. No one's family. And by the way, we've been doing this for years, this special course. No one's ever had two things happen to them. One thing happens. Two, we may not all be the most loose guys in the world, but we believe in faith. This may not be what I showed. We're meeting, we're meeting about you at 5 o'clock. I'll let you know if you have a chance for number three. The commanding officer walks and comes back to me two hours later and says, listen, you're American? He yes. Does you play baseball? He's like, I play baseball. He's like, there's strikes? He's like, there are three strikes in baseball. Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because we decided that tomorrow, is your last strike. If you don't get to the location tomorrow, I don't care if you get hit by lightning. I don't care if God comes and opens the ground. I don't care if there's a, if you don't hit the door tomorrow at the right time. It's over. It's been a pleasure, but it's over. They are fine. He told me because I went to bed that night and I knew with 100% certainty that they were going to fail me in the morning. There's no question. Someone had it in for me. I may have said the wrong thing. I may have looked the wrong way. It's a very small, mid group. Someone said to themselves, I don't want this guy. And whatever's going to happen tomorrow is going to happen tomorrow. And he goes, I'm I'm such a tough guy that I know that if I fail tomorrow I'm going to leave this country and I'm never coming back. And I love this country. Goes, I like went to bed in tears. This would be my last night in the country that I love. Goes when I went to bed, all of my memories. You know, like ever have like the last day of camp. You remember like when you first got there and your friends, and the last day of school, you were a freshman. So I'm sitting there in bed and was my last night in Israel. And I'm thinking about like, holy cow, how did this all start? And I'm thinking like the dinner, the phone call the trip to Israel, landing, and, not, and getting a lady tapping me on the shoulder, go here to the black car, getting in the car, the guy going 100 miles an hour. i was so scared. The guy turns off, off-road, I'm going to die, and I realized that Israeli drivers can do stuff like that, and they're all safe. The bumping along, along, the stopping, the four guys, the olives, and the was the black Turkish coffee, the Yoni, Devine, the blah, 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 all that stuff, and I'm like, I can't believe it. It was so crazy. And then as he's thinking, he goes, wait a second, Wait a second. That night, there were four guys there. And I only saw three of them. One of the guys, I... Wait a second. That night, that guy said something to me that when he said it to me, that was why I signed up for the Israel Army. Why did he tell me? That's right. He told me when you're part of the Israeli army, this is a band of family, and you never leave your family behind. And I said to myself, family? I could join the family. What happened to that guy? Wait a second. My second year, I was gonna quit. I was on a plane home. That guy spoke to me. That guy. He's the one telling me that I'm part of the family. And then I have responsibility. And then I end up in China for no reason. And then God's me here because I'm servicing my... Wait a second. In my third year, I went to a seminar. It was some place, in some classroom. That guy gave it. And you know what he said at that seminar? That what it means to be an officer in the Jewish army is that when you see your men behind, you never go forward if there's a man behind that gets left behind. You don't keep on going if your men are behind. You don't fight for the mission. You fight for your family. And if there's someone behind you that's behind, he's your brother. You don't keep on moving if you're going to leave a guy behind. You always turn around and make sure you people behind you are good. Wait a second. He's talking about how the tests are being sabotaged. Wait a second. They're not trying to fail me. They're trying to pass me. I'm taking the wrong test. The test isn't whether I get to the door in time. The test is what happens when I'm about to get to the door and one of my men go down. Do I turn around and help my guys? Or do I worry about myself and get to the door? They're testing to see if I'm going to take care of my... I'm taking the wrong test. He said, I got that. At two in the morning. I didn't sleep the whole night. Five o'clock. I stood up at the door. My commanding officer walked in. He goes, You ready for it? I I'm ready. He goes, you really hard. He goes, I got it. He goes, we got the new GPU, this tire off. fine. He goes, I know the tires are okay. He goes, We got your new team All their ankles, and ankles. I'm sure their ankles are just fine. <laughs> he walks in the, tent the like he looks at and he goes, this is super hard. Like, we're it's like, He's like, I don't know to get here. Looking at these coordinates, he's like, I need two jeeps. Like, you got two jeeps. He's like, okay. He brings in the he goes, we gotta go here, we gotta stop here, we gotta be here, we gotta go here, because he everyone good? He goes, yeah, so check the pirates. Like, I know, I got it. He goes, Sir, we're gonna fire it. He's like, I trust all of you. You good? He goes, we got, you got seven minutes. Seven minutes, if you don't hit it, he goes, I know, if I don't hit it in seven minutes, I'm out. Got it. We start. they go, good luck. He gets on, gives him a little pep talk, he puts two guys in the jeep. the four guys each Four guys with a Jeep, they get G- G- and off they go. Seven minutes in life is perfect, six minutes in life is perfect, five, four, three minutes in, he's doing great, and around two and a half minutes, the call comes in off on the on the on the radio. So we got a problem. And he can feel the anchor <laughs> coming up. And as the anchor comes, he tells himself this is the test. Pushes it down, he goes, What's the problem? Well, we got a problem here and it's going on here, we get getting shot at we got a problem. He goes, I got it, he goes, spin the jeep around. And the guy goes, Sir, he goes, spin the jeep around, he goes, Sir, he spin the jeep around, he failed, he goes, spin the Jeep around. He goes, but he goes, spin it around. Our guys are start are in trouble behind me. He spins the jeep around, he goes to the seat, he secures this guy, and that whatever the protocol they teach them to do is these guys say that's it, and they go, sir, you gotta go. He goes, I'm gonna go when you guys hit this, but sir, you're gonna fail. You tried to five years, you're gonna fail. He goes, i I'm in charge here. I'll go when I'm ready to go. And he checks these guys, okay, and he secures these guys, and he takes these two guys to come with me, everyone good, everyone safe, everyone's going, okay, everyone good, and he takes these two guys to go jumping." and he goes, sir, he goes, you wasted 30 minutes, he goes, but at least you guys are safe, he goes, but you're gonna fail, he goes, I don't care if I fail. And the chief goes, and they're running off, and he's looking at his watch, and he's now 30 seconds late, and he's now a minute late, and he's now a minute and a half late, and the chief stops, he's looking at his watch, he's two and a half minutes late, and he sees the thing he has gotta get through behind something, he goes behind the garbage dumps, and he's got some things that to go through, and as he goes running at the door, in his head he is thinking, I'm failing, I'm failing. He but I don't care. Because I did what I needed to do in this world, and I had to take care of my guys that are leading with me. And he goes right up to the door and he had to push the door open. And as he went to push the door, and he's like, it's gonna be locked. And he pushes it open. And it's open. If this would happen in America, by the way, it'd be like balloons from like this guy. Congratulations! <laughs> we flew in your grandma. You worked so hard, take nine months off. There is rally. The guy's like, this is it. important Why in the world do we say Hashem hafad? Give me five minutes. Let's stick with me now. This is the key You know how we say Hashem hafad, for? Let me tell you how life works. Every single one of us comes into this world and we have two parties that are at war. Part of us has something called a body. You know what that body wants to do? Sleep. You know the greatest? You know where the body is at its highest? You wake up in the morning early? You know that feeling you get when you wake like up early and you're like, I'm gonna die? You know that feeling? And you look at the pillow like as if like you're breaking up with your pillow. And you're like, goodbye pillow. I miss you so much. I was gonna go to my friends on the weekend, but I'm just gonna stay with you the entire time. You know what I'm talking about? You ever to go somewhere you wake up in the morning and like, let's maybe get up at 6, let's say. You ever go like at 6 and you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm going to die. And then you look at the clock and it's 5. <laughs> it's like as if someone gave you a million dollars, right? Like I get another hour to be unconscious. There's a God in this world. <laughs> because you know what our body wants? Us to be comfortable. We can be mediocre. That's okay for the body. As long as you stay comfortable, don't make that call. Don't try that thing. Don't try, you may fail. Don't get up early because you may die of, of tiredness. Don't not eat everything in sight because you may die of starvation. All the stuff that keeps us mediocre is our body saying, be comfortable, be comfortable, be comfortable. But then you know what we have inside that body, God gave us the most great thing. He gave us this thing, which is a piece of Hashem. One of the greatest things that we make is that we think that when I speak to people, they tell me, Charlie, you don't get it. I'm interested. I'm not interested. I'm religious. I'm not religious. I'm like, do me a favor. What you have inside you right now, right now, you're sitting in this room, and your eyes are open. The reason why your eyes are open is because what's powering you is not your body. What's powering you is your soul. And what your soul is, is literally a piece of the divine. Everyone in this room has more spirituality than you'll ever need your entire lives. You never have to be into it. You have it. It's programmed. A Jew never has to be spiritual. A Jew just needs to reveal the spirituality that they already have. And that soul says to you when you're growing up, be great. Don't be comfortable. Get up. Try You may fail, but you'd rather fail and try. That soul says to you, even if it tells you, go do this. The reason why we're walking around is because that thing inside us is called a soul that gets us and goes, What, are you happy with this world? You come from another world. Now, every one of us grew up somewhere. And when you come into this world, you know how it works? Your soul wants to be great, but you don't know what that means to be great. So you grow up somewhere, you grow up in a household, you grow up in a community, you grow up in a family, and wherever you grow up, someone is whispering you in your ears, this is what it means to be great. For some people, they grow up in a world where they whisper to you, you want to know want to be great? You got to be rich. Greatness is money. So the guy gets up, and off he goes, and he's killing it, and he's working 24 hours. Why is he working so hard for you? You know why? Not because he needs money to pay his bills, because in his head he hears greatness equals wealth, so he wants to be great. Some people grow up in the world they tell you, "You know what, be greatness? It's family." And that person wants to get married right away. Why? Because in her, her, her or his or her heart, they told them. Some people, it's it's I do these schools. Some people, it's what job you get. Every one of us grows up in a world where someone tells us, "Let me tell you what it means to be great." And You know what we do? We listen. We don't know any better. So you know what we do? We start our lives, and that's all just be great, and off we go. When we're little, they tell us, get A's, and we try to get A's. Then we get older, they tell us, go here, and go here, and go here. And if it's not our families, it's the internet. Someone's telling us always where to be great, and we, because we have this soul, we start running for the thing that we think is going to make us feel like we're great. But here's the problem. Even when we get it, we don't feel it. You know what life is about? What I get. You see the door? That door? That's the door of greatness. And if I hit that door early, I'm going to feel it. So we all get up in the morning and we're going to go running after that door. And for some of us, that door's got a dollar sign. For some of us, that door's got family. Everyone has the door that you're all running for right this second. And you are sure that if I hit that door, I'm going to feel greatness. And you know how we turn to Hashem? You know what happens after we believe that door is there for us? We turn to God and go, here's the story God. I gotta get the door. You know what you need to do? Help me get to that door. You work for me. Amazon.God. <laughs> what do you need? Prayers, here you go. Kosher food, it's yours. Cla- what do you need? I'll give you what you want me. You want a dip apple and honey? I'll pour honey down my whole throat. What do you need? You like when I put a chicken on my head? I'll swing a chicken, I'll starve. You tell me what it is. You know I was sitting here by Ba'arif Kippur? Because when we were little, they told us that if you want to get to the doors, stand before God, before Kippur, and you keep on saying things, he won't just read the book. Read the book long enough, he will like you, and then he'll give you the things to get to the doors you want to go to. That's why deep down we don't want to be a Kippur. We want Kippur to be over. That's why the greatest night of the year is once people, when you finally eat that first thing, and you're like, wow, I don't have to do this again for an entire year, because I don't want to be here. I want to be at the door. <coughs> and most of us think that you know what life is about? hitting the door as early as we can. But that's not life. Life's not about the door you get to. Life is about who you become along the way. Because along the way at the end of the door, you know what God does? He throws things your way. The tire blows out. The guy turns his ankle. Because what he's trying to do is to get you to realize that as much as you think you want to be great, you know who wants to be greater than you? You would not be here the Jewish people in 2019 if you weren't in this world because God wants you to be a commando. This whole like I'm a nothing type of Jew has got to stop. You would not be picked to be part of the Jewish nation right now at the end of time if God didn't say, each and every one of you is my commando. I don't care how old or young you think you are. I don't care how regular you think you are. If you're sitting here today, you're not regular. And the goal of life is not what you get. We should get this. we should have everything we want. The goal of life is we people come along the way. Because I gotta tell you, the secret of life is most of us are taking the wrong paths. We think the obstacles are what's getting in our way. The obstacles are what's making us the commanders that we're supposed to be. We think Hashem's job is to get us to the door, we don't realize that our job is to look up and go, what do you want from me, General? Because i got to tell you something. As badly as I want to make it, I know you want to make it. You want me to make it more. And I trust you. When you throw it out and pull my way, I trust you. When you ask me to show off to Kippur, it's not because you're trying to torture me. You want something out of me. You want me to be a certain type of person. And I trust you. And the difference between those soldiers that fail the real test of life. Like the rabbi said, the soldiers and the soldiers that make it are the soldiers that go through life and they fight for doors and as they hit a stumbling block, they look up at the general and they go, and trust him.' You know we have say, Shema Hashem lokin, Hashem ethan? It's not that God is one. Everything is one. Echadas mean that Hashem is one. Echad means that everything is one Echad means when you walk outside of traffic That's Hashem When you're sitting in your house, that's Hashem When you get the grave back you don't want that When you have a guy or the girl you're trying to date And is or isn't working out, it's Hashem When the deal closes, Hashem The deal doesn't close, it's Hashem Every way of your life, every step that you take We live in a world We think that Hashem is up there Waiting for us to see us by Kippur Hashem is up there, Hashem is everything that we do what it means to be a Jewish commando is to walk in the streets and know that every single thing that happens to me, it's Hashem changing things around, because He's trying to make me into a commando. And that's why every morning wake up. You know, what we do in voice of Shema Yisrael. We cover our eyes because what the rabbis trying to teach us that you think you see the world, you think the world is getting to a door. Here's how we're going to do it: close your eyes, close your eyes, and now say Echad. And say it so strongly, that now when you open your eyes again, I want you to see Hashem behind you, every single looking cranny. When you go to work in the morning, and the guy says, do you know? I want you to say, Hashem is saying no to me. When something happens in a day, and someone goes, that was brilliant, I want you to see, Hashem put the ideas into my head. When a Jew walks around with a chad, you know who walks in every single day of his life? You know who he stands next day him all day? The general of the army. That's the greatest gift of what it means to be a Jew. It means that Hashem says to you, I'm your dad. I'm standing next to you your whole life. I'm holding your hand. And when I throw you something good, that's because I want you to have good. When I throw you a challenge, it's because I want you to be a commando. I want you to be strong. I want you to be weak. If I give you green lights every day, you're going to be a couch potato. I need you to be the biggest guy in the world, the biggest woman in the world. I'm building a commando for who's coming. You're in the fourth quarter of Jewish history. I'm blowing out tires for you. You guys are turning ankles because of you. You think you're not important? You think you're not poor because you can't read well enough? What are you joking me? You're in my army. Echad, Echad. Every day, all morning, at night, when you wake up, the little kids, the old adults before you die, every second of, you as they keep poor. You come the last second, to keep poor. You look up at God and then I go, I get it. Where am I running from? I'm not running from you, i running to you. You want me to be more successful than I want to be successful. I'm leaving you? I need you. You want me to be better than I want to be for myself. I need you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. We live in this world of things. always mad at us. Someone's always proud of us. But it requires us to do one thing. There's one thing you need to do to get this. One thing. I look up at the Kodesh HaShem and say, I trust Him. It's not about me. I'm in your arms now. I'm falling back in your hands. What's the thing that we do that shows that we assert control over this world? We love to be in control. How do we assert control spiritually? Anybody know? Our mouth can actually control the spiritual world. When you make a vow, you know what you're doing? You're saying... This is not. This is mutar for me. I'm making a vow. Go Now it's a sword. I'm controlling the thing. A vow shows that you're in control. And on Kippur, We stand before Hashem. Everyone's paying attention. And the Hazan gets up and says, "All the hope, all the vows. All the Aina had. All the aina had to do this." All that I know which doors to get to. All that I know where to go. All the me, 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 me the whole year of me trying to control everything. I want to make it, I want to make it fatua. I want to make it, I want to nullify it. On the Jew walks in the Kippur, the Jew walks in and says, Hashem, all the me, I want to nullify it. You know what I want to do? I want to find it. Kippur is a day where Hashem a day of complete and utter forgiveness where you stand before the Bode and you say I'm sorry my whole life is about me clean me clear my vision clear my life because when I walk out of here you know what I want to do I want to walk through walls when I walk out of Kippur I want to be able to walk and not only hit my doors I want to become the officer along the way as well and the only way you do that is when you look at passion and say, "I trust you. I did this by the way with other groups. I'll leave, I'll leave you with this. Try doing this between now and Kippur. We have two days. It's five in the mind on Kippur. Try doing this five times. If you can't, count on your hands between now and Kippur. Can you imagine walking like this? Try it. Every day, when you hit a block, any stumbling block, the small blocks, little traffic, or goth, but anything worse. The first time you hit a block every day, the first time you wake up in the morning and something doesn't go right, before you react, just now to keep forward, two days from now. You look up to Shema and you say, I trust you, you the job. That's it. Keep on going for your life. You hit on a block, you look up and you go, five times, I trust you. My bracha is that we should start to take the right test. But we shouldn't get to the end of our lives thinking, ah, I hit my doors, and they go hit your doors. You know how much I I want you to become an officer, hit a couple of doors. All the stumbling blocks that threw you along your way were there to make you the biggest person you're supposed to be. You just never trusted me. I believe in you. Believe in me. And when we come to Kippur, we say, I trust you. We walk into Kippur, and throughout the day, we try our hardest to look up and go, I want to see you. I want to be with you. And a Jew gets to the place at the end of Kippur, and when they say Shema Yisrael, Hashem Levgin, Hashem Chad, they realize it's not that he is one, it's all one. You come out of Kippur, and you look at the world, and you're looking at a different world, you get different glasses on. That's what it means to be a Jewish commander. That's what each and every one of us are supposed to be. We're not supposed to be survivors. Life isn't about getting things, spending things, and getting things. Life is about standing, standing up and being a soldier in the army of Hashem. Yeah. this tour, should, we should have this Sukhut for Hashem to walk down and see all these soldiers should say, it's time to bring the final geulah. We should have this Sukhut that they want to have this lecture next year. the <laughs>